Hello everybody and welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of adult children of alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. This week we're hearing from our friend Danielle, who spoke about dealing with feelings of abandonment. Please enjoy. Five and a one. Uh, hi, I'm Danielle. Hi. Guys, I'm really <coughs> nervous. Um, I was coming here and I was thinking, oh my goodness, I have to speak in front of all of these people. I don't feel like it. It's not going to be good enough. Um, but here I am and it'll be fine. And I hope that you get something out of it. I still feel very grateful that I have anything to share and give. So. I'm going to start off talking about um, a little bit of my childhood, and then I'm going to talk about how that sort of manifested itself. Um, then I'm going to talk about relationships and its relationship to abandonment, and then I'm going to talk about how I currently live in the solution and what that looks like. So growing up, my mother was an addict. She was an addict until I was 30. She's been sober now for, you know, six years. But she took a lot of pills, quaaludes. My parents had big parties. You know, my father's preference was cocaine. Um, so, like, they would have these big parties and they would keep me in the living room for whatever reason. I think it was just oversight. And I would be on the sofa and they would be like ripping lines on the coffee table. And when I was five, my mother was really high and she walked me down the street to my aunt's house and like dropped me on my head. Like I still have a scar. She didn't hit me or anything like that, but I do consider that to be, you know, physical abuse. And another part of my story is that my father, my mother and father got divorced when I was 11. So. <laughs> My father moved out of the house. I'm an only child, so it was me and my mom. And, you know, there's a real definitive split between, like, before and after. Before my parents got divorced and before my father left, there were those feelings of abandonment that came up when my mother wasn't available to meet my needs, but I had someone else there to kind of depend on and lean on. And he was very imperfect, but he was there. He was like this stable force. So then when he left, you know, I just, I don't even have very many memories from the time I'm like 13 to 17. Like it's just kind of a blur. And I think that's when I formed this protective layer. I call it sort of like my protective part. And it kind of created this thick barrier around my sort of like free, creative, feminine flowing like inner child and I just became this like hard harsh person and that inner child got locked away really deep because it, it actually wasn't safe to be vulnerable you know I actually wasn't 
safe. So fast forward, um, I grow up, I become an adult sort of, and um, I'm carrying around all of these traits. I have a lot of trouble with intimacy. You know, I can't really relate to people. I don't know how to show up as my authentic self. I, you know, I had developed an eating disorder, which I'm, I still consider myself recovering from. I, you know, really had a lot of trouble in romantic relationships. I was always, always scared of being abandoned. And I still work through that imperfectly. You know, there's still that fear of like, um, what's going to happen if this person is no longer here? But it's very, it looks very different now than it did five years ago when I found these rooms. So wait, let me look at my notes. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, yeah, so, you know, I came here and I was, you know, in a low place. I had just come out of a romantic relationship. My mother was just sober. I, like, didn't know how to make sense of anything. And in her mind, she was like, oh, I'm sober, so now we're going to have this amazing relationship. And that was more triggering than anything because it just kind of invalidated my whole experience with her. Like, she just came at it from this perspective of, like, okay, I'm okay, so now you're okay, right? So this very kind of like, I don't know if it's codependent, but I'm gonna use that word for lack of a better term. And so I found these rooms and I remember coming in here and I had never felt like I belonged anywhere. I just felt like I was always like outside looking in. And I think most of it is because my authentic self, my inner child was like so hidden away so I couldn't fully show up to relationships, you know, because I, I wasn't myself. So I never felt like I belonged anywhere. And then I came into these rooms and I was like, oh, like this is my tribe. Like these are my people. Like I can't believe I'm in a room where people are like talking about these things and being so honest about their experiences. And it was here that I found a lot of healing. And I, I just remember reading the laundry list traits and thinking like, how did someone like wrap up all of my fears and everything and put them on a sheet of paper? It was just, it's still unbelievable to see the literature because it's just, it's so accurate and it really describes the experience and also the solution. So one of the laundry list traits that I kind of want to focus on is we are dependent personalities who are terrified of abandonment and will do anything to hold on to a relationship in order not to experience painful abandonment feelings, which were received from living with sick people who were never there emotionally for us. So, you know, because I had this framework, I was like seeking out these situations where I was definitely gonna be abandoned. And um, let's see. I was, I was very dependent on relationships to kind of medicate that pain that I had and kind of fill the void that was very, very large and couldn't actually be filled by a relationship. And it was an ACA that I, I learned how to have relationships. I really didn't know how to have relationships before ACA. I mean, I had friends, I had family, but I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know who I was in a relationship. Like, I would get lost in a relationship or I wouldn't fully enter into a relationship. I could be very aloof. I could still be very aloof, but it's not as bad as it used to be. So, um, yeah, let's see. I'm gonna read some of chapter 13, which talks about relationships. 
Let's see. Okay. So by addressing our control and perfectionism in ACA, we let others make mistakes and learn from them. We have learned that not every relationship needs to lead to a romantic or sexual involvement. If we have addressed our area of abandonment and shame thus far, we no longer see people as a poten potential so source to medicate our fear of abandonment. We no longer use people to divert us from our own feelings by focusing our attention on someone else. We can finally face down the 12th trait of the laundry list. We no longer fear abandonment so much that we remain in unloving relationships. Through ACA, we can begin to see people as individuals we would like to know rather than possess. This is freedom from codependence. For some of us, we become a true friend to someone else for the first time in our life. This happens a lot in ACA. Many of us did not know how to be a friend to another person before working the ACA program. Through ACA, we have been given the gift of being called friend. We have done the work. We know what it means to be a true friend. Romantic relationships can bring great fear to adult children. Even some of us who have practiced an ACA program for years can struggle with intimate relationships. And that's why I said I did it. I still do it imperfectly because I'm in a romantic relationship and I still fear abandonment. It's not like it goes away. It's just I handle it differently. Okay. We must get past this fear that we cannot survive our feelings. We can. This is ACA. It is different than when we were children and were either forced to stuff our feelings or we were traumatized and left alone to lie in pain. So, yeah, that fear of abandonment, that 12th trait, it really kind of impacted my ability to have relationships. And I think, you know, what really helped that was forming safe relationships in ACA, especially the most important relationship I had in the beginning was with my sponsor. And no one had ever heard my whole story. There was never another person who witnessed my truth in that way. So there was sort of this very special relationship that I had with her. And being that vulnerable with another person, it gave me a new template for relationships. You know, it was like, oh, this is what a healthy functional relationship looks like where there's, where you're being, where space is being held for you and you're not taking care of the other person. The other person is there to support you. And not to tell you what to do, but to just be there to give you space for your truth and that was huge for me. And so through that template, I was able to develop, you know, relationships with other people. I do have outside therapy as well, which you can leave it or take it, but that works for me. Um, but the one thing that happens when I don't fear abandonment, oh, okay. Um, let's see what I was saying. Not fearing abandonment, yeah. I don't know what I was just saying, but I'm gonna talk about parenting my inner child for a minute because I think it relates. So the fear of abandonment was feeling that if someone left me, there would be nobody else there to take care of me. That if this other person wasn't there or if this other person didn't approve of me or if this other person didn't like me, that I would be alone and I would be in danger because that was sort of my truth when I was growing up. So through reparenting and forming this, 
these, plural, relationships with my inner children, I sort of developed trust in myself. So without abandoning myself and knowing that I was always going to be there, it was much easier for me to be in relationships because the fear of abandonment was so diminished because I was there. And um, that made all the difference. And I'm not going to go into you know, reparenting that much because it's not exactly what I'm speaking about. But I will say it has a lot to do with you know, lessening my fear of abandonment because when you start to show up for yourself, number one, you get to know what it looks like, but number two, you expect that from other people. So when you're creating that template with yourself, when you're showing up for yourself, when someone else doesn't show up for you, it no longer feels good. So, you know, before program, I would seek out relationships where I would be abandoned because that was my template and that was what I knew. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now in program, I seek out relationships that are mutual, that are based on, you know, respect and like a genuine liking for one another. And um, that's a big change for me. I mean, I talk about it now and it sounds small, but it really changed my life and just how I approach life. What else did I want to talk about? Let's see. Ah, the power of pause. So, uh, because of fear of abandonment, you know, I get triggered a lot in relationships and um, I have very extreme feelings sometimes. And I, I've learned in program, I don't know if this is an ACA thing, but I've learned in the rooms that um, if you're hysterical, it's historic. So I've learned to distinguish between old feelings and new feelings. So I can say to myself, is this me being triggered or is this actually what's happening right now, here and now in the present? And so that requires me to pause for a moment. So, and this goes into like being an actor versus a reactor, which is also part of the solution and the promises. So when I pause, I can say, okay, I'm having this really strong feeling. I'm feeling like I might be abandoned. I'm feeling like, you know, I'm not safe or, or whatever the case may be. So then I can pause and I could ask my inner kid, like, what's going on? I could ask my adult self, what's going on? Like, what do you think this is really about? And because of that, I can, I can approach the feeling or the situation without being so reactive. And most of the time it's a combination of old stuff and new stuff, but most of the time the extreme feelings are because it's, I'm triggered and it's really old stuff. So in those situations, you know, that's when my inner loving parent comes out and says, okay, I'm gonna take care of you. Oh, thank you, without going to another person. So I seek support from other people all the time because I need it, I couldn't do this work without other people. It's not the kind of work you do by yourself. But at the end of the day, I'm always with myself. I'm never going to abandon myself. I do it completely imperfectly, but I do it. And um, it makes a difference in my life, in my relationships, um, the way that I'm able to give and receive love. And like I said, it's because of the program. It's because of the meetings. It's because of the support that I seek, the relationships that I formed here and also my relationships with my inner children. So I'll end there. Thank you so much. Thank you.